I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I'm going to lay the boots to Marvel's Iron Fist. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. Dave Chappelle is back. I'll talk about his new specials and Netflix's role in the resurgence of stand-up. Plus, we'll tell you what's new on home video this week and some big news from Star Wars. We'll get into all of that. First, it's the news from the couch. Thursday. Happy Star Wars Day. Celebrate the holiest geek holiday. That's a real thing? What is it, Star Wars Christmas? Don't be ridiculous. That's Wookiee Life Day. With old friends. This is weird. Those are your Jedi robes. Most of my robes open in in the back. Traditional food. A Death Star cake. And a sacred pilgrimage. This is the swamp land of Dagobah. Well, I thought it was Florida. The Big Bang Theory is just one of 18 series renewed by CBS this week. We don't show a lot of love to CBS on the couch potatoes, but there is no denying they make popular television. The Big Bang Theory is among their most popular and is actually coming back for two more seasons. I'm a Sagittarius, which probably tells you way more than you need to know. Yes, it tells us that you participate in the mass cultural delusion that the sun's apparent position relative to arbitrarily defined constellations at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality. What has it been in the what? That would bring it up to 14 seasons. Remember, Jeff, when we predicted canceled by Christmas? Yep. Whoops. Bazinga. I don't care. <laughs> also renewed for a 35th season is Survivor, which, by the way, is as good as it has ever been, coming off one of, if not the wildest tribal council yet as part of its Game Changers season. 60 Minutes has been renewed, 48 Hours has been renewed, as well as all three editions of NCIS. TV's most watched drama. NCIS! Is back, Quinn. Gets. Why don't you stick around? They will indeed be sticking around for a 15th season, along with the NCIS spinoffs, NCIS Cool J, and NCIS Quantum Leap. A.K.A. NCIS is Los Angeles and New Orleans. So many Navy cops investigating stuff. Also returning are Blue Bloods, Hawaii Five-O, Life in Pieces, Madam Secretary, Mom, and Scorpion. We got a problem. All of our aircraft are nuclear silos, all under hacker control. Best tech minds in government couldn't crack it. Uh, we are the best tech minds in the government. You're being smart with me? Actually, we're smart with everybody. They've also renewed five freshman series, including Bull, Kevin Can Wait, and MacGyver. He's on the case. He's MacGyver. The other two new shows that got renewals are Superior Donuts and the Matt LeBlanc show Man with a Plan. What's up? There's no fooling dad. I know that what's up. I've used that what's up. I know where that what's up ends up. New Man with a Plan, a new special time, 9-8 Central, Monday. The network's full 2017-18 schedule will be unveiled in May. CBS is on pace to finish the season as the most watched network for the 14th time in 15 years. The one time they didn't was in 2007-2008 when Fox won, when a writer's strike kept most fresh scripted series off the air, while American Idol was at its peak. Carry on. 
You're such a paradox. You make me miserable for years, and then you give me my life back. Look, we're blood, and we're stuck with it. So... Let's try and do a little better in future. And there may be a future at Downton Abbey after all. In fact, there will almost definitely be a movie. The British period drama ended just over a year ago after six glorious seasons of following the soap opera-ish exploits of the hoity-toity Granthams and their servants in the English countryside in the early 20th century. It got to be a bit much at times, as all soap operas do, but I miss it more than I thought it would. So news of a movie is just what the doctor ordered. For one thing, Edith ended the show far too happy. She doesn't deserve it because she's Edith, the saddest person on the planet. It's so strange. I feel so completely, completely happy. (laughs) I don't think I've ever felt that before. Nope, no good. Life likes to step on her neck too much for that to be the end of her story. And if nothing else, we'll also find out the riveting conclusion to this. I know the answer. You and Mrs. Hughes will stay in your cottage, but what if we were to ask Barrow to be the new butler? Carson, the elder statesman, would steer things as he's always done. Well, Barrow, would you like to be butler here? Certainly, my lady. How did he do as head butler? Jeremy Swift, he played Spratt, a different butler, told some British TV show filming on the movie could begin this year, but he admitted it hasn't been locked down yet. The company that produced the show told the BBC the same thing. Hopefully it'll happen soon. Maggie Smith not getting any younger, and she's the best part of the show. Makes me smile. The way every year we drink to the future, whatever it may bring. Well, what else could we drink to? We're going forward to the future, not back into the past. If only we had the choice. Welcome to Baywatch. Our team is the elite of the elite. We're the heart and soul of this very beach. The official trailer has arrived this week for the big screen adaptation of Baywatch, starring Dwayne Johnson, who has someone make a sand sculpture in his image. Come on, Pete, make my pets a little bigger. And don't cover up my front bump. You got it, huge d- big d- The movie is rated R, by the way. We're staring into the abyss here. It's up to us to restore the Baywatch brand. Hey, One Direction, you here for the qualifiers? I'm Matt Brody. I don't have to try out. I've got two gold medals. Hey! Matt Brody! Matt Brody, yes! <laughs> we still don't, don't give, give a... a f- Training begins at 0600. This is nothing you would see me, people! These are refrigerators! This is Baywatch! This adaptation continues the trend of taking popular television shows and turning them into raunch comedies. Just like this weekend's Chips, Baywatch reunites Johnson with his San Andreas co-star Alexandra Daddario, as well as Priyanka Chopra from Quantico and Zac Efron. Johnson plays devoted lifeguard Mitch Buchanan, while Efron plays the new recruit, and there are hijinks afoot. Drugs. Murder dead body on our beach and it all started once she took over some people are up to no good we're gonna have to do what they watch as best the truth is one of you will probably die <laughs> yeah <laughs> what no am i the only one that thinks this is clearly a job for the police thank you blue-eyed demon you got one job make sure swim happy white people don't drown Just like on the TV show, the lifeguards have to spring into action to save the day with lots of explosions and slow motion. Why does she always look like she's running in slow-mo? She's the reason I believe in God. We gotta go undercover. Jason Bourne ain't got s*** on me. 
The original series debuted on NBC in 1989, and it ran for only one season. It returned to the airwaves in 1991 in syndication and was on for 10 years. It was silly, and it was glorious, and this new one looks to add hilarious to the Baywatch resume. It opens May 24th. I'm oceanic, mother... Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. We're being ambushed. Abort, that's an order. Been a while since we've had a Mission Impossible update. A sixth entry in the Spy series starring Tom Cruise is most definitely on the way. These guys are trained to be ghosts. Let's not waste time chasing after him. Let's make him come to us. Find something that's personally important to him and you squeeze. Henry Cavill will join Cruise and some version of the gang in the new one. Cavill, of course, is the current Superman. This looks like a job for Superman. And now I guess he'll be a spy as well. No word on whether he'll be a good guy or a bad guy. Being Superman and all might have a hard time convincing us he's a bad guy. Cruz, meantime, has been training for the movie. As we all know, he likes to do his own stunts in these movies. In Ghost Protocol, he scaled the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. And in the most recent movie, Rogue Nation, he clung to the outside of an airplane as it took off for real. The word is that Cruz has been training for a full year for the big showcase stunt in the new movie. That's a lot of training. They'll start shooting soon for an anticipated release of July 2018. This whole operation was a decoy. You can understand you're very upset. You've never seen me very upset. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. I want to go home and watch Ghost Protocol. I know, eh? Can you believe it's been like 21 years since the first Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise? Oh my God. It's in 96, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, that's not true. I did finally see the first Mission Impossible in recent years. I, that was, I missed it. I started with two and then I saw three and I saw four (laughs) and then I think I finally saw one before I watched five. So, uh, that is the news from the couch. And up next, we're going to tell you what is coming to, you know what? What do we? What do you want to do next? You want to do your Netflix thing next? Yeah, let's talk some comedy next. Okay, well, we'll get to the home video stuff later in the show. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett, and comedian Dave Chappelle was back in the spotlight this week for the first time in over a decade with a couple of stand-up comedy specials on Netflix. I've been gone for a very long time. Surprise! It's me. Set him up, let's play. All manner of things kill white people, but you know what kills more black people than anything more than police and terrorism? Salt, regular ass table salt. 
Chappelle famously quit his very popular sketch comedy show, Chappelle Show, years ago and dropped out of showbiz for all intents and purposes. Now he's back, and that's a very good thing because he is one of the best stand-up comics of all time. So what a treat for fans this week when not one but two Dave Chappelle stand-up comedy specials were released on Netflix. I watched them both Tuesday night, Brett, when they, the night they came out. And I, I admit I shouldn't have done that. I said going in, I was like, no, I'm not watching them both tonight. I'll watch one. I'll wait a week, then I'll watch another one. Space them out. Enjoy them more, you know? But no, I finished the first one. I was like, oh, that was good. I'm watching the next one. <laughs> and now people are, I can't, some, I was talking to friends like, well, he's watched one. And I was like, well, I can't remember which parts were in which ones or whatever. So I can't even talk to him about it. <laughs> There's just, just one long two-hour thing to me now. Anyways, they're both great. I mean, I enjoy them both immensely. Reviewing stand-up comedy is hard because it was funny. I laughed a lot. End of review. Me repeating the jokes would be <laughs> dumb because, you know, I'm not funny like he is. And uh, with Dave Chappelle, there's not much you can really repeat on the air anyways. Uh, Chappelle will say whatever he feels like. He's over 40, and if you're a millennial who's very sensitive to touchy subjects, you're not going to like it. The bottom line is Dave Chappelle fans were very happy this week. I'm sure Chappelle was happy too. He got $60 million for the specials. Jeez. And another one still to come. Uh, the two releases this week were both recorded last year, one in Los Angeles, the other in Austin, Texas. That he came up with two separate hours of stand-up comedy in one year is kind of insane. Most comics take at least a couple of years to put one hour together. Some comics hold on to that hour for many, many years. Chappelle, evidently, though, one of the more prolific guys, which is makes his you know decade-plus-long disappearance all the more weirder. Uh, Louis C.K. is one of those guys, too. He can do an hour, a new hour every year, and he's got a new stand-up special coming to Netflix next month. Amy Schumer had a new special a couple of weeks ago, Jim Gaffigan a couple of months ago. It's boon times for stand-up comedy, and Netflix is the new ground zero. In the past, it's always been HBO or Comedy Central in the U.S., where comedians would have to go to get a full-hour special deal. Now, Netflix is signing deals with these people left and right. Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld have each recently signed multi-special deals with the streaming service. Netflix has said that their ultimate plan is basically to have a new special from one comic or another released every week. So, I mean, whenever you need a good laugh, there is more than enough to go around on Netflix. It's all just sitting there waiting for you. I mean, Gaffigan's already got five. They're all gold. The John Mulaney ones are two. Are, he's got two on there. He's one of my very favorites. So there's lots of great comedy on Netflix. Well, I, I'll have to check it out, uh, but I was busy this week doing another thing on <laughs> Netflix, uh, The Iron Fist. I'll tell you about that in a few moments. And getting we our, have Getting our money's worth of those uh, Netflix uh, subscriptions, eh? Yeah. I mean, what is it? I can't, I, 10 bucks, I think? Yeah. Something like that. That's not bad. We got a couple of minutes here before we will look at Marvel's Iron Fist, so why don't we tell you what is coming to home video this upcoming Tuesday. Let's get an evidence grid started right over there. Clock is ticking. The world is watching. The suspect seen on the surveillance cameras. Two bombers. We gotta find these guys before they do this to someone else. What's that? That's Marky Mark in Patriot's Day along with John Goodman and Kevin Bacon. That's, of course, uh, about the real life story of the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, that's out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, along with Fantastic Beasts, um, Why Him, which is a comedy starring Brian Cranston and James Franco, 20th Century Women, which uh, didn't get a lot of 
publicity, but Annette Bening was in it. She got nominated for an Oscar for it. Apparently, it's a funny movie. A Monster Calls. That's that one where Liam Neeson voices the monster. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. It, it, that thing bombed hard. It must have, huh? I, I don't remember hearing anything about that. Yeah, it got great reviews, as far as I recall, but it came out in in late December, I think. So right in oh, the God, smack right of- Right in the Christmas crunch. Yeah. So it there's- Just swallowed up by the Star Wars- Star Wars and all of the other Oscar movies, right? right. I mean, yeah. unless you, there's a, there are so many movies vying for your attention at that time of the year. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it really bombed. <laughs> it's domestic haul was $3.74 million, but somehow it managed to take in uh, worldwide $39.6 million. And actually, pardon me, it's, it was a limited release December 23rd, mm. wide release in January. Still. Brutal. Ouch. And also uh, Martin Scorsese's Silence, which also sort of underwhelmed for a Scorsese movie, I think. I That was the first Scorsese movie in many moons that I didn't actually see in theaters, so I'll have to check it out sooner or later. That one starred Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver as priests in um, 1700, so there you go. Four titles on digital HD, two Best Picture nominees, Lion and Hidden Figures, as Both well. great. As well as Monster Trucks. Not so great. Which sat on the shelf, I think, for two or three years before they finally released it because it's terrible. <laughs> and a scary movie Ooh. called The Bye Bye Man. You want me to get that for you no, for your you. birthday? No, that's okay. okay. I All don't right. think so. Okay, up next, I will... Get me the Good Morning Sunshine Man. Okay. <laughs> that sounds much more pleasant than The Bye Bye Man. Marvel's Iron <laughs> Fist up next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. by fire, destined to be our greatest warrior. You are a living weapon. Drive all other thoughts out of your mind except this. This is my purpose. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and this past week, Netflix introduced its fourth series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I am so profoundly disappointed in Iron Fist. The Netflix shows, based on Marvel Comics, are rated R, because they have swearing and brutal violence, even some sex, my god, the scandal! They started in April 2015 with Daredevil. He's a vigilante who happens to be blind. In November 27, or pardon me, November 2015, Jessica Jones arrived. She's a hard-drinking private eye who is super strong and can jump really high, bordering on the ability to fly. In September 2016, we got Luke Cage, who is basically invincible. He has almost impenetrable skin, which means bullets bounce off of him. And he too is super strong. And now finally, we have Iron Fist, who is a kung fu master. Later this year, the four heroes are going to come together for an eight-episode series called The Defenders. A little bit more on that later on. First, who is the Iron Fist? Hi, I'm Danny Rand. I've uh, been away a long time. Let's go. You don't belong here. I'm Danny Rand. Guys, I just want to talk. Iron Fist is, as you heard, Danny Rand, a white billionaire in his mid-twenties who, dressed like a hobo in his bare feet, shows up at the Rand Enterprises building in New York City. They try to throw him out, thinking he is a vagrant. 
Turns out, when he was 10 years old, he was on a private plane with his parents. It crashed in the Himalayas. He was the lone survivor. He gets found and saved by some monks who take him in and train him at a mysterious place called Kunlun. It is there he is bestowed with the power of the immortal Iron Fist, which means his hand glows yellow and he punches things really hard. The timing of his return is actually pretty good because there are some bad hombres that need dealing with. Danny, what happened to you? Why are you really back here? Some bad people have gotten on the inside. Criminals. I know what they are, what they can do. To fight them, we need someone with special skills. I've been training my whole life for this. This is my destiny. Now here's the rub. Even though he is a kung fu master and he is the immortal Iron Fist, he doesn't return from this place a fully formed Iron Fist. I.e., yes, he's a formidable fighter, but he still has a long way to go. The change is coming, Danny. Become what you were meant to be. Unfortunately, neither he nor this series get anywhere close to where they need to go. I am the Iron Fist. The hell does that mean? It means being the worst Netflix Marvel series yet. First, let's talk about who is in the show. Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, is played by Finn Jones, whom you might recall as Sir Loras Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Rosario Dawson is back. She is Claire Temple, the one person who knows all four Defenders. She keeps meeting these superheroes. They keep getting hurt, and they keep needing her to patch them up. Jessica Henwick plays Colleen Wing, who is a young woman who runs a dojo where Claire is actually learning how to defend herself so she can fight and not just stitch people up. Henwick, oddly enough, also has a tie to Game of Thrones. In that show, she plays Nymeria Sand, a.k.a. one of the much-detested sand snakes. Jessica Stroop and Tom Pelfrey play Joy and Ward Meacham, their brother and sister who grew up with Danny and now run Rand Enterprises. I know Stroop best from that Kevin Bacon show that was on Fox, The Following. Tom Pelfrey, meanwhile, was on the HBO series Banshee. He played an ex-Nazi trying to seek redemption. Carrie Ann Moss, a.k.a. Trinity from The Matrix, returns as lawyer Jerry Hogarth. She now has appeared in three of the series, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. That's all I really want to give away cast-wise. The trailer gives away more, which ends up kind of giving away a major plot twist. If you're just tuning in, by the way, I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes, and now I will tell you why Iron Fist is easily the most disappointing of the Netflix corner of the Marvel Universe in terms of shows. For example, the first episode, among the worst episodes of television I have ever seen. It was full of bad acting, bad directing, bad writing. First episode of a series should succeed in introducing us to our main character, why we should care about him, what is that character's goal, who is this character's antagonist, and in the case of it being a Marvel show, maybe give us some indication on what is actually special about Danny Rand. Other than introducing us to Danny Rand, this episode failed. And for a show about a kung fu guy, the fight scenes were really bad. And that's actually a complaint I have for the bulk of the series. 
I expect lots of solid kung fu action in a show about a kung fu master, and I expect it to be good. This series was surprisingly light on action overall, and when there was action, it wasn't always impressive. There were a couple of fight scenes I really liked, but otherwise I found it all to be rather ho-hum or flat-out bad. And the Iron Fist is constantly described as a living weapon, but he takes a lot of beatings. He's not a very good Iron Fist. And neither is Finn Jones good at being the Iron Fist. I like Finn Jones. He was cool in Game of Thrones. But in this series, he's just not the right guy for the part. But maybe, maybe it's not his fault. I don't know. Maybe it's just because he's given such crap to work with. Because it has so much clunky dialogue all throughout the series. And the series prefers to tell, not show. There's a rule for movies, television, and really I think it always works better to show, not tell. Illustration is better than explanation. But instead of showing us stuff, they just prefer to tell us about stuff. And it's boring. And the series is also, not only is it boring, but it's also confusing, and it leaves way too many unanswered questions. I was taking notes throughout the series, and I think three of those pages alone are just for the unanswered questions. Here's what I did like. I actually did like some parts of Iron Fist. Rosario Dawson and Carrie Ann Moss are consistent in being excellent supporting characters in these series, even with some of the crap dialogue they had to deal with in Iron Fist. Tom Pelfrey as Ward Meacham. He's a huge jerk when we first meet him, and he was also kind of a bland character. At first I thought maybe it was Pelfrey's performance which I found to be weird, because I loved his performance in Banshee as the ex-Nazi trying to be a good guy. Turns out he's not a bland character, nor is the performance bland. I actually ended up finding Ward to be the most interesting part of the series, because he, his arc shows that he's somewhat of a tortured soul, and as his story progresses we see more humanity from him, and that's largely due to Pelfrey's incredibly nuanced performance. There's an intensity there uh, with extremely expressive eyes. He takes really simple, subtle things and, and turns it into a bigger deal than it probably deserved to be. He's really good at showing both rage and sadness. He just, he takes this character that we start off hating and end up liking. So I'm hoping for bigger things from Tom Pelfrey as an actor. I mentioned that most of the fights didn't really do anything for me. The action was definitely superior on Daredevil, but there is one fight where Danny takes on this sort of drunken master, played by a guy named Louis Tan, who is a British-born, half-Chinese, American actor with a background in martial arts who does his own stunts. He's super charismatic, and he actually was up for the lead role. He auditioned, and he read for the role a number of times. That role ultimately, of course, went with went to Finn Jones. There was a lot of controversy, actually, over the casting of Finn Jones. Even though the character in the comics is a white guy, many think that the Iron Fist is a white savior sort of character that should have been updated for the television show with the casting of an Asian-American actor. I personally don't have a problem with him keeping him white. I mean, that's the character in the comic books. But I also would not have had a problem with changing him either. Especially had they gone with this Louis Tan guy, because he's way cooler than Finn Jones. Anyway, that casting choice was one of countless bad choices, which made for a bad series of television. Finn Jones says people are dumping on the show because of Donald Trump, i.e. we don't like white billionaires. 
Well, if that was the case, we would also hate Fat Man. It's not Donald Trump's fault. We don't like the show. It's because it's a bad show that we don't like the show. I didn't entirely hate it, but I really struggled to find things to like about it. I do know that The Defenders has just recently wrapped filming. Hopefully the creative team, along with Finn Jones, saw some of the bad reviews for Iron Fist and were able to make some adjustments to make the Iron Fist more likable. There is a solid framework for a good character there and a compelling story, but they botched it in season one. Defenders, by the way, doesn't have a debut date yet, save for later this year sometime. There are rumors it could arrive in June. As for Marvel's Iron Fist Season 1, it is the worst part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm going to give it one and a half couch cushions out of five. One more note, if you want to watch a martial arts show that is actually good, check out AMC's Into the Badlands on Sunday nights. Season 2 just started, Season 1 is on Netflix. Up next, we'll talk some Star Wars. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and let's talk some Star Wars. A little bit of news this week. Here's Jason Nathanson. Disney CEO Bob Iger dropped some big Star Wars news. We can expect another 15 years of films after the new trilogy is complete. In an interview at a USC tech conference, Iger said they're starting to talk about the post-Episode 9 plan, quote, another decade and a half of Star Wars stories. He also revealed that the Han Solo spin-off movie due out next year will focus on Han from ages 18 to 24, and will learn how he got his name. And Episode 8, due out later this year, will not be changed in any way to deal with the death of Carrie Fisher. They won't be digitally altering her performance. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Do you care how Han Solo got his name? I just always assumed his mom named him Han. Big whoop. Yeah. Star Wars people have weird names. I know. That I never, I've never <laughs> once thought... Solo. How did? What is the origin story there? I'd rather figure out how in the Fast and Furious franchise, Han from that series, his name is Han Solo, spelled differently. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. They never say it out loud. You just see it written once, and it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. You know his name is Han. They all call him Han, but his last name is Seoul, like the city in Korea. Dash yeah. O H. Oh my God. I laughed out loud. Okay. But that's clearly just a joke. But yeah, no, so, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm excited about that Han Solo movie. It just seems like such a weird thing to isolate, like, his name. Yeah, that's that's a little bizarre. I, I'm I'm very much feeling about Han Solo the way I was initially feeling about Rogue One, which was skeptical and kind of thinking, well, is that a story I really care about? Rogue yeah. One ended up being one of my favorite Star Wars stories there there is. So I, I shouldn't be skeptical about a Han Solo movie. No. And you'd think, I think like because the prequels were that, you know, they're looked on so poorly all these years later that I think they're very careful about what kind of movies they're making. So I can't imagine that the Han Solo movie will be terrible. But if they're making 15 years worth of movies after all these, they're not all going to be winners. There's just no way. No. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, you got to wonder how much of the extended Star Wars canon they will use because, I mean, there, I know that there's a lot of uh, books written and, and there's video games oh, and yeah. comic books and histories. That, like, there's, uh, every so often, I'll, uh, there's a thing that pops up in my Instagram feed called Star Wars Siths. And uh, it'll have really cool pictures and stuff of characters that apparently exist somewhere <laughs> In, in a book or a cartoon somewhere, series or something? Or? Yeah, like that, that go back like 
3,000 years before Darth Vader. So who? <laughs> someone has hatched up yeah, yeah. All, all kinds of Star Wars stories. So I guess the point is, there are no, there's no shortage of stories that they can mine. But whether or not the appetite is there to see these, because I think right now why people have been so excited about these new Star Wars movies is they st- they tie in to the old Star Wars movies. Yeah, there's that, and there's also that, you know, the general consensus that the prequels suck, so people are just glad to have good Star Wars again. Yep. And it had been long enough, and I mean, there's only been the two since... There's only been two good ones since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once there's been, like, nine good ones since Return of the Jedi, they are going to lose some of their appeal. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, for the record, I I didn't mind you Attack of the Clones. You still like the, the prequel, don't call me. And uh, Revenge of the Sith, I didn't mind it either, but again, they... Revenge of the Sith had elements I liked, and there were a couple action scenes in Clones that I liked as well. But that is it. That is all, that is all I will admit to you. I sort of enjoyed the space <laughs> noir feel of Attack of the Clones, but yes, I I'm not saying I loved them. And anyway, we there's no point in reopening the prequels debate. <laughs> we we I, I'll, I'll just one agree. day when we've got nothing else to talk about, we can <laughs> just do a whole hour on it. <laughs> uh, so Star Wars, 15 years. Ah, I'll I know I'm gonna I'll go see them as long as they keep making them. But I hope it doesn't. The, my my big fear is that it's going to we'll take be in away fifties. I know. We'll be in our mid to late fifties by the time that ends. I know. I, I, my fear is that it will. It won't be as special anymore. Like when when the Force Awakens came out, obviously, so much hype. Everybody was so excited. And, but even with Rogue One, I was genuinely excited. But with each year we get a new Star Wars movie, is it going to take away from that event feeling? Much like superhero movies, when Spider Man opened, it was a big deal. It was the first movie to make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and I, I saw that thing five times in the theater. Oh, good for you. And even by the time, I mean, Spider-Man 3, obviously not nearly as good. I saw that once in the theater. Almost everything since then I've seen once in the theater. I may have seen Iron Man twice or Captain America twice. Come on, Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Batman's special. That's what I saw Dark Knight five times in the theater. <laughs> okay. I also spent $8 to rent it on an airplane two days before the DVD came out. <laughs> really? Yeah. I spent, I spent like $150 on that movie before I even bought it. <laughs> Which and I've bought it twice because <laughs> you had to buy it on DVD and then Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> that is all the time we have. I am Brett. He is Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And hey, subscribe the, to the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.